Hello and welcome to the Stew with JT Brew. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. Tonight, we have a special fantasy hockey edition of the Stew. We're pumped to bring be brought to you by our friends over at Fantrax. Thanks for helping us share the love of fantasy hockey. Get ready. The Stew begins now. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points. Makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub. To start an institute, make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. I bet your roster in pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce. You did this do with JT Brew. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of the Stew with JT Brew. I'm JT. Welcome in my good friend and co-host, Brian Clark, better known as Toast to All His Friends. This is our inaugural fantasy hockey podcast. Pumped to have you on, man. Yeah, JT, thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, and thank God it is hockey season. That's right, getting started. So we're going to get into our toast takes. Remember, you know, hockey season is right around the corner. If you're getting your league reactivated or you're looking at starting a new league, we're kind of going to break down some of those things for you, some settings we liked, some other things we want to do uh, as far as fantasy hockey, whether you're brand new, whether you're a seasoned vet. Uh, we're just going to go over a little bit of everything. Obviously, the first thing you need to do is decide what platform you're going to play on. If you're starting a new league or do something new, or maybe you want to move your league. Maybe you've been on a platform for a while and look for something different. There's all kinds of sites out there. ESPN, Yahoo, NHL.com are some of the uh, main ones that have been around forever. We have really got excited about Fantrax here lately. We have moved all our leagues over to Fantrax. Tell me some of the things you really like about Fantrax. Yeah, so JT, uh, you know, um, we, we've been running – our ESPN site for our home league for close to a decade now. And, um, you know, you're very limited on what you can actually do on certain platforms. Uh, fan tracks, uh, the greatest thing about fan tracks is I would say their draft room, I say is like quote unquote state of the art. Um, so they, they have, um, it's, it's modern. Uh, it, it's got a lot of color coordinating for different positions. It's easily navigatable. So you can really, really get around pretty well. Um, but, I love the fact that it accommodates about anything you want. Uh, so certain um, um, scoring formatting. I mean, they got so many scoring options, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, with other for formats, you're, you're pretty limited. So um, it just gives you a lot of options. I I'm, we should have done it three or four years ago. Yeah, I'm, pu I'm pumped about the changes we've made, and we're going to talk about some of that in this episode, some changes we've made personally in our own league just uh, to make the league better, to make the scoring more even. We're going to kind of go about through all that stuff uh, as we get along. So first thing we want to talk about, what are some fancy hockey league settings that you personally like? What are some of the things that if people are looking at, what are some of the basics and what are some adjustments you like to make as you go through? Yeah, and you, you just you hit it right on the head there. Uh, 
adjustments. Uh, we've made a bunch of adjustments over the years in our home league, as a lot of other people actually do in their leagues as well. So you finally find that good, that good mix, a good recipe that actually works for your league. And uh, so again, I'm not buying or selling. Um, this is just kind of what works for us. And it's actually what worked for me. So I love to work in a league where you don't really have positions. Uh, those forwards are forwards. Uh, you don't really have to worry about center, left ring, right wing. That helps keep people engaged uh, within their fantasy league, getting on the waiver wire, free agency, whatever it may be. Because without that, you know, you're you're limited on how many players you can actually look. If you're just looking for a forward, you can get a forward. You know, so uh, it really helps that that league engagement. Um, but, uh, yeah, so talk about yeah, for briefly. Ahead. We like we're in some dynasty leagues where you know we do have set centers, set right wing, set left wing. So I think as you get a little more advanced in your league, um, maybe some of those dynasty settings, you get a little bit bigger leagues with more teams, more players. I I don't mind the specific positions, but in a redraft regular league, I'm 100% with you. I like where you just make it a forward, you're just making defensemen. It, it just makes it a lot easier for the uh, casual player, shall we say, to, to kind of get in there and play your best lineup without having to go, well, I've got five great left wings and I've got one kind of crappy right wing. And now what am I going to do with this guy? I got to play this guy every week. So I, I definitely think there's a distinction there. Yeah. And I think that fantasy hockey's on the up. Uh, I mean, of course, I don't think it'll ever, you know, surplant uh, fantasy football as number one. Uh, but, you know, so you, you would imagine you're going to get the majority of casual fans that actually play this, this format and play fantasy hockey. So you want to keep it as simple as possible, especially for people that are new. So that's the whole, that, that's the whole concept of actually using forward versus uh, using um, what you have positions anyway. Yeah. Kind of break down um, some uh, of these other things. A, a uh, couple other. Uh, bangers league, defensemen, it, goalies, kind of talk about some of that. Yeah. So bangers league. Um, let me explain what a bangers league is. Bangers is really a, a league that actually puts great value on hits, blocks, pimps. All right. So um, why do people actually run bangers leagues? They, they run them so they can actually get value on mainly defensemen. You really want to put a place of value on defensemen because there's only a really a handful of defensemen in the entire league that are uh, power play quarterbacks. And we'll talk about that here in a bit that really score a ton of points, they score 60, 70 points a, a year. The majority of defensemen are stay-at-home defensemen. So they actually do what they're supposed to do. They play defense. They're not offensive. But you want, again, we talk about league engagement. You, you want that engagement where you actually can have people look in the waiver wire, the free agency wire, and actually have options to keep them engaged, to actually make all their moves per week. So bang leagues are great for that. They really boost up the value of those defensemen. And yeah, um, talk about uh, yeah. goalies, like good things about goalie leagues, leagues without we're in both. We're in leagues that have goalies. We're in leagues that we eliminated goalies altogether. Can I talk <laughs> about the, the, the positive and negatives uh, having goalies in your league? Yeah. So let's just say that everybody has a love hate relationship with goalies. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The goalie is pretty much, let's say your equivalent of RB two when it actually comes to fantasy football. You know, they could get hurt at any moment. Um, you're you're going to be a rotating position in and out. Goalies are unreliable. Uh, so in order, if you are going to have goalies in your league and you're going to, let's say you're, you're a league manager, you're going to set up a new league, I would highly recommend making sure your goalies don't score negative points. Make, make them have some points. Make them some value. Again, so that way they can go ahead and, again, 
We talk about engagement. I'm going to keep saying that over and over again, league engagement. You don't want to make positions for the scoring format in a way where people don't even want to field that position. Why even have it then? So you need to make them valuable. Um, so really limit the amount for like an overtime loss. I really limit about um, maybe save percentage or, but really emphasize wins, if you will. So the majority of the time in the leagues I play in, either we don't have a goalie or the goalie we actually, if we do actually have goalies, we make sure they have some type of value. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of the scoring changes we've made in our league that we've had for uh, over a decade where we just really noticed that it was either you took a goalie who was on a team that won a lot or people would just sit goalies or not even play anyone because they would score negative points whenever they get a loss. We made some adjustments in the scoring system in order to make all goalies more important and to make those guys that got a lot of saves, even if their team is terrible, if they're facing a million shots a game, we made some adjustments to make those guys worthwhile to make it look like, Hey, this guy's had 45 saves, but he took the loss. He shouldn't score negative points. Yeah. And we'll talk about this type of players maybe later on, but uh, you know, Patrick Demko for uh, Vancouver. Perfect example. Vancouver was a dumpster fire last year, but this guy is perennial like a nine fifteen save percentage and above, which is really, really good for any, uh, you know, fantasy format and really good in real life. Uh, so should he be really be, uh, you know, should he really be penalized for actually having pretty good games, but you end up getting a goalie loss. So you just got to make sure you work with your league manager to make sure the settings really are conducive to actually value a position. If not, get rid of that position. I love it. Talk about uh, a little bit. Waiver moves are a thing we've talked about over the years. Uh, how many is good amount for a week? Uh are we counting games? Is it like, hey, do we have guys in our league that everyone's really trying to maximize the amount of plays? Do we have some more casual guys in our league that just don't have the time to get in front of the computer and figure that stuff out? Let's kind of talk about benefits of having a lot of waiver moves versus also the benefits of minimizing uh, of waiver route, waiver moves each week. Yeah, so the majority of leagues have a waiver where you can make a waiver moves where you can actually make up to, let's say, a, a move a day. So majority leagues have seven, right? And that's the, that's the max. Um, some actually have maybe one or two, whatever you need to find that happy medium. Here's the reason why is the majority of fantasy hockey players, again, are, are, are they're, they're in multiple leagues. They may even be in football leagues and going on at the same time. They may not have the time to end up making seven moves a week. And I will tell you, especially with our home league, and you know this better than anybody, JT, the majority of the time, whomever ends up making the most moves throughout the week usually ends up having the best records at the end of the season. All right? Mm -hmm. So why penalize somebody just because they're not having the time to actually get in there and hawk a guy off the waiver wire or make sure they're actually streaming that goalie the way they want to? So you need to find that happy medium. So a recommendation would be is find, find somewhere in the middle maybe four moves a week, right? So that way it's not overwhelming for people. Um, and uh, you, you, again, you'll find that engagement. You don't want leagues dominated by three or four guys, players, managers, that is, and then end up having another five or six guys saying, I just don't have the time to put into it because here's what's going to happen. You're going to find yourself without a league at that point. So you want to make sure it's actually conducive to everybody and, uh, and, and, and make sure that it fits everybody's needs. 
Yeah, another thing we've talked about over the years, uh, you know, you'll have your straight redraft league, but a lot, a lot of teams, after you, if you start in a brand new league, you still you know, start from scratch. But one of the things that kind of keep people engaged and create a little bit of trading in your league is to add keepers into your league. And a lot of leagues will just do the keepers at the, at the highest end, you know, whoever the top three players you have as a keeper, something that we do in our league that I found, uh, really creates a, a lot of movement and really keeps the league involved is we get to keep three guys and we keep three guys and you get them in the round you drafted them in. And then they move up after that two rounds per, uh, per year. And then you start seeing value trades. You start seeing guys going, Hey, instead of just keeping the three best players, if a guy's a first or second rounder, people throw them back. So you can go back and redraft those top end players. But what you're really doing is you're, you're rewarding guys for, drafting really well, taking some young guys, maybe holding on to them when they're not scoring points, and then getting that guy in the 18th round that now becomes a superstar in a year or two, and now you're keeping them for a while. Talk a little bit about, you know, different strategies and, and, and things you like about keepers in different rounds and the round you draft them in. Yeah, so so having draft tags on players is awesome. And that, we'll put another plug into fan tracks. They they help out with that need so much. Um, so you're able to go to the draft board and go to the certain draft um, spot and insert that player based on where they're kept. No other format you can do that that I'm aware of. All right. So that, that helps out an absolute ton. That has been huge. That has yeah, been huge for our league. Yeah, because if not, I got to do all that on paper. Um, I got to keep a draft board and we got to actually write it down by hand uh, and then get kind of creative with it. Fantrax actually allows that to where you can slot anybody on a draft board wherever you want to. And I will say too, pretty pumped about that because I got Tim Suitsley in the 20th round. So um, next year, if I keep Fire. him, he'd be an 18th rounder and 16th. So I got my guy for probably the next six or seven years. Um, and uh, his ceiling's pretty high. So uh, I love that slide format. But you, you kind of hit it on the head. The majority of the time, keeper formats are, we'll just eliminate the first couple rounds and then go from there. This is great well, the biggest, because... Yeah, I was going to say, the biggest problem for us has been, you know, a decade ago, we could get everybody together for a live draft. So we do it all by hand on a big board, on a dry erase board, and we could slot those guys in. So hard, the older you get, more people have kids, guys move away. They want to stay in the league, but they got to do online drafting. And a lot of formats, all it is is you get the first three picks. So the first three rounds are just gone. That's what it is with keepers. And having the ability to actually still do an online draft where you can slot those guys in, where you don't have an oops, like just don't draft that guy. And then oops, somebody forgets and takes him and you it gets rid of that. I To me, it's a game changer for keeper leagues. And especially now that almost everything is moving to online drafts. Yeah, you're talking about the shot girl, JT. So, yeah, <laughs> usually when somebody ends up drafting somebody that's already been uh, drafted, bring the shots on. So, uh, yeah, uh, people that end up, uh, you know, uh, buying shots on a regular basis every single year, they don't have to worry about that anymore if we're on the Fantrax platform. Yeah, what's a couple other scoring things you like to see? It's like shorthanded goals, odds and ends. What's some things you like to kind of – over the normal, what you do, what do you like to kind of boost the point wise just a little bit to kind of even things out uh, across the board? Yeah, so Im imagine you're actually watching a hockey game on TV. We want to reward points. Again, say we, meaning the majority of leagues. If you're setting up a league, 
you should actually want to reward points for things you can see and notice on the television. All right. So face off wins, not a big deal. All right. That's, that's, again, that's my opinion. Not a big deal. Somebody want a face off. You don't even recognize it. All right. Um, a giveaway or a takeaway. You don't really recognize that. Now a hit. I recognize that because guess what? That gets people out of their seats. Um, a shorthanded goal. They're rare, all right? So if they're rare, we should actually reward them. So I know we do in our league. If you get a shorthanded goal, that's three points on top of the goal. So you're getting a six to seven point scoring with a shot on goal, which is point two as well. It's a big deal because, again, it doesn't happen that often. So think about rewarding your league and actually scoring your league based on if you're watching a television and what could you see and what you can't see. And again, what you can't say, meaning what you don't remember. All right. So if it ends up being where you don't, like, don't remember, don't score it. <laughs> if you're going to remember it and you can actually remember what happened, score those. All right. So that would end up keeping a casual fan engaged. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you are going to reward face off, say that's something you want to do, make that a minor scoring thing where you're just given like, you know, point one or something for a face off one, little things like that if you want to do. My biggest thing, and one of the things me and you have talked about over the years, is how do you get more people engaged in fantasy hockey? Points. Points. When we're mm -hmm. back in the day, when you do fantasy hockey, if guys scored three or four points, it was a ton. And you had a ton of weeks where guys, or days, or nights, or whatever, where guys would score zero for you, and half your team would score zero. Can't have that. To keep people yeah. engaged the way basketball and football hockey, or excuse me, football fantasy works. People want to see points scored. So figure out a way to, you know, really boast up those goals, shorthanded goals. Like you said, something we've made a big emphasis on in our league is shots on goal because a lot of leagues used to not count that. Hey, guys putting the puck on the goal is a big deal. It's a big deal. So raise those points up. Make it to where your guys are scoring a decent amount of points. It doesn't have to be absurd. But, you know, a hat trick needs to be a monster game. I mean, it needs to be a huge bonus. Those types of things is kind of what we've talked about that kind of make fantasy hockey better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, next thing we'll move on. What kind of advice can you give to those new fantasy hockey players considering positional drafting, kind of where to go uh, from there? Yeah, so again, it all comes down to format on how your league is set up. If it ends up being where your league counts positional drafting, meaning center, left wing, right wing, defenseman, and goalie, you know, I would really place an emphasis on players that have dual eligibility. All right. So the center left wings or left wing, right wing, or, or I mean, there's a couple players in the league that have center left wing and right wing. They're pretty few, but nevertheless, that gives you all kinds of flexibility with your lineup. All right. What I will say is right wings are thin. They just are every single year you have, you have your, um, uh, you know, players like uh, Vinny Trocek, you got uh, Patrick Kane, you got Nikita Kucherov. But honestly, five or six guys I can mention, it drops off drastically. Not like left wing. Left wing, you got a million of them. Centers, centers are great. And I'll tell you why, JT. So if you get, it ends up being where you have a center, you have a new, uh, you're new to fantasy. And you end up, you're getting coming in the draft. I had a conversation with another guy like this other day, a new guy that's coming into our, our league. He's like, you know, how should I end up drafting if I have no idea? Draft centers. They're your quarterback. They touch the puck more than anybody. They drive play. They're good for goals. They're good for assists. 
power play points, whatever it may be that your league actually emphasizes, but centers touch the puck, okay? Wings are reliant on centers to some degree. So that's that common sense I like to put into any type of league. Like if you're, if you're like, I don't really know what to do, draft a center. Now I will say in our format, it's easy because they're just forwards. So I would say, hey, centers are pretty valuable. You can only end up having so many centers on a format that really has positional drafting. All right. So just be in mind, if you take away anything from this, centers are good. They touch the puck. Um, they're going to get goals and assists. Right wings are pretty thin. All right. So um, that's that's what I would talk about. Positional scarcity, if you will. Yeah. Give some advice. Uh you know, what advice would you give to new fancy hockey players when they're targeting players for their upcoming draft? Like, yeah, so on top of just the center, those things, we kind of, kind of, what are, who are some guys? What, what, what are you looking for? Yeah. So I'll just tell you what I did. Uh, and I was a hockey fan for a long time, um, back in the nineties, um, always been a big Blackhawks fan, obviously. Um, but you know, back in the nineties, uh, and, and, and 92 actually playing the pens, um, in, in the conference finals getting swept, uh, never forget that. Um, end up being where I didn't watch the Hawks for a while in the, in the mid 2000s. Reason being because they took them off television, which has ended up being the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, come back in 2007, 2008, because that's when Taves and Kane got drafted. End up becoming a big hockey fan and then watch all of hockey. All right. So, and saying that, that when I got into fantasy hockey probably about a decade ago, I really didn't know a lot of players around the league. Um, I knew the Blackhawks. All right. And I knew some of the teams they actually play, but I didn't really know the players. So I went to the drawing board and figured out, again, apply, apply common sense. What's the top 10 to 12 scoring teams every year if you look at goals scored? And then look at their top lines, at their top power play lines, their PP1s. Who's playing on those? Draft those guys, right? <laughs> so the majority of teams that are actually scoring in the top 10 to 12 overall, the majority of teams, not all, the majority may end up having about three hour fringe star players or even star players, right? You're not going to go wrong if you draft one of those guys. Um, they score in bunches. So, uh, you know, I can mention a bunch of them, whatever you let me know if you want to, but th that would be my recommendation is go through, figure out your top 10 in scoring from last year, or maybe the year before, add them all together and figure out who's on their top line and draft those players. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, the way, you know, with everything being online these days, once you go in and you put your league scoring in, you can literally go through and it'll give you a nice little estimate of where you think guys are going to score that year, kind of based on your breakdown. I always tell people to go in that. If I'm in a, a league that's been, you know, already running for a couple years, one of the big things I like to do is I like to go back and look at last season scoring, hit up top performers, and kind of see what guys put up points. Who's on the same team? Who moved teams? Who's in a better situation? And I maybe want to move those guys or adjust them up or down my rankings, depending on do I think their situation's better? Do I think their situation's worse? Did they get traded to a better team, but now they're on second line as opposed to on the first line? That type of thing, like you said, Finding those teams that are good. That was my strategy early on in hockey. Like when I got into fantasy hockey, I'd obviously take my favorite. I'm a Red Wings guy. We have one of our teams together called House Divided. Because you're a Blackhawks guy. I'm a Red Wings guy. Uh, us both being from Illinois, but my mom's family's all from Detroit. And I grew all grew up Red Wings fans. So we used to draft a lot of hockey, like a lot of Blackhawks, a lot of Red, Red Wings players. But then I thought, who's good? Is Toronto good? 
Is Boston good? Is Colorado good? I want the guys on the good team. Like you said, those teams that are winning are going to put up points. So those are the teams I want to look to first. I want to get those guys. If, if, if I'm in doubt between a guy on a good team and a bad team, I'm probably going to take the guy on the good team because I just assume he's going to have more opportunities to score. Yeah, the, the common sense approach, right? So um, take Toronto, for example. You got Austin Matthews. He scores 50 to 60 goals every year. Um, you know, William Nylander and John Tavares. They all play together. They're all power play one. I'll just put them as one example. If you look at the, their team scoring, goals scored per team, they're in the top five every season. That's been that way for at least the last three or four years. Why wouldn't you actually do that, right? <laughs> so now, as you get more acclimated and more in-depth and invested within fantasy hockey, you know, you're going to start looking at those bottom feeders and be able to pick out those diamonds in the rough. Right. So uh, you'll have guys like that. But again, for the casual fan, for the person actually maybe just first getting started, target those teams. I mean, you really can't go wrong. Uh, it, it's it's not rocket science at all. Another thing, when you're kind of looking outside those, you know, top five, ten scores that everybody knows that those guys are really putting up points. What is the stat, the main stat you go to look at when you look up guys to figure out? who do I think has an opportunity to either exceed expectations or exceed what they scored last year? What is the, is the one you go and look at and say, this is the stat I want to look up and go, this guy has a shot to have a breakout year. Yeah. Uh, great question. Uh, shots on goal. So you, you can't score without actually shooting a puck. So there, there is consistently, you mentioned like Brady Kachuk, you know, uh, Timo Meyer, Alex Ovechkin, you know, William Nylander, uh, pasta, those guys, every single year, they're over 300 shots on goal. If you shoot, you're going to score. Now, the majority of players, they probably average between 15 to 17 or 18% shooting, meaning for every 100 shots they put on goal, they're, putting, they're scoring 15 to 17 to 18 goals. All right? So you might end up looking at players the previous year and say, you know what? Every single year, he's around 16, 15, 16%. The last year, he's at 23 all right. So that may end up being where, is that sustainable? Maybe not. Right. So you really want to draft accordingly where you're drafting a 16 to 17% shooter and just assuming again, that the 23 to 24% is just not going to be replicated because that's very, very difficult. And unless you actually play on Edmonton, unless you're actually McDavid, unless you're dry sidle, that's different, right? Those guys are just different. Um, I would say throw, take the rule book and all the stats and throw them out the window with those guys, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Yeah, you mentioned uh, a bangers league earlier. We're in a few leagues that are mostly high score, but we're in a couple leagues, banger leagues. Our, our main home league is a bangers league. Got to talk about that format, Matt. We're kind of looking to draft guys, defensemen you like. Uh, some of those guys that kind of shoot up the board uh, in a bangers league that maybe are guys you kind of ignore in a regular uh, fantasy format. Yeah, so we, we, we talk about um, defensemen. Again, the majority, they're, they're called defensemen for a reason, meaning the majority of defensemen are stay-at-home defensemen. They play defense. They don't actually think about offense. So how can they actually score? And you talk about that banger league format that we love, right, because we can actually make that, that free agent pool so much greater, extending the value of that free agent pool, again, breeding that activity within the league to actually for pickups. 
You got guys like uh, Rocco Gudis. You got Luke Shen, Adam Larson, Jacob Truba, Mort Sider. Those guys are going to get you anywhere from 250 hits a year to about 125 blocks a year combined. And some of them may end up scoring you like seven or eight goals, another 20 assists. <laughs> I mean, so if you look at it at the end of the year, they may end up being in the top seven, five and scoring in your banger league format, but yet you can get them in the 18th, 19th, 20th round, or heck, they may even go undrafted, right? So we'll, we may talk about this here in a bit, JT, about you know draft strategy, right? But it, depending on your league format, and again, I'll, I'll talk about bangers leagues, that's because we, we love them, is you might be able to wait on defensemen, right? Because the Kale McCars and the Adam Foxes of the world they may end up scoring uh, similar points to the Luke Shins because those guys play like forwards. McCarr and Roman Yossi, eh, Riosi, maybe not, but McCarr, they play like forwards, but they're defensemen. And basically, these other guys hit and block so much, they're making up for it. And you can almost even out the scoring, so to speak. So think about that. Uh, again, a, a reminder, look at your league format scoring. You really got to actually look at that. I just was in a, uh, a a dynasty draft that lasted a month. Just got done. Um, it was with Dauber, uh, which awesome website. I recommend everybody go to DauberHockey.com. It's great. But in, in that format, I didn't draft a defenseman until the 11th round. And all I ended up doing was getting defensemen that hit and block. And I guarantee by the end of the year, I'm going to be just fine because I loaded up on guys who can actually put the puck in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about some defensemen who are not just bangers. Some of those guys that if you are going to go a little bit early, you're not going to wait on just the banger guys. What are some of those guys you're looking for? What are the you know the characteristics of those defensemen that you want? If you're going to go, hey, I want to try to get one of the top five guys or top six guys. I want to I want to have an advantage on defense. Who are some of the guys I'm looking at? Yeah, so they're called power play quarterbacks, JT, and uh, these are guys that again. They play some defense, but their main job, the way they're actually, they're hired for their team and they're on their team to really drive scoring. That's their job. All right. So Kale McCarr for Colorado, Roman Yossi has been doing it for years. What makes Yossi so great is the fact that he also hits and he shoots like a forward. All right. He'll, he'll have 280 to 300 shots on goal every season. You got the tandem over in Tampa Bay. You got Josh Morrissey. You got Victor Hedman. You got uh, Dougie Hamilton, uh, you know, Rasmus Dahlin, one of the guys I'm like, all right, you need to keep him in our, our home league, man, because here's a guy that ends up putting uh, 175 hits, 125 blocks. He's going to score you 65 points. That's scoring like a forward. All right. I mean, how do you, you can't replicate that. So, but here's, here's you know, like everybody's probably asking right now, why don't you just go draft those guys? There's only a handful of them. You probably have eight or nine guys throughout the league that you can count on every single year that are going to do that. After you end up move, you know, like moving on from those guys in a draft, which is probably end up being around four, five, six, you might as well wait at that point. Uh-huh. Wait for your bangers. Wait for guys that are actually going to fill up all the, all the peripherals because you, you just don't have them. So uh, those guys are a dime a dozen. Yeah, most leagues, uh, new leagues or redraft leagues have goalies. So, you know, we talked about some leagues we've just eliminated goalie altogether because it's kind of crazy what happens and what doesn't happen in a lot of our dynasty leagues. But most of our redraft leagues, we still have goalies in. And in our keeper leagues, we have goalies. 
So what are some of the best draft strategies when you go in and you're looking at goalies, who to take, when to kind of take them? Uh, give me a little heads up on kind of what you think about goalies. Yeah, uh, I think I said it before. Goalies are volatile. So uh, you you can't count on them. <laughs> uh, it's an injury-prone position, if you will. Now, unless you're like Andre Vasquez, right, for Tampa Bay. Every single year he's there. He's going to end up getting the crease probably 60 starts a year. 65 starts a year. The backup's going to get it like 17 to 20, but there's very few guys like that. So what you need to do if you're going to go into a draft is really try to look at goalies and tier them. All right. This would be no different. You're in a football draft, actually tiering any other position, right? So you may tier and second, third, fourth tier, fifth tier. You may end up having seven tiers before it's all said and done. I'm going to challenge everybody's end up being where, Hey, like, I don't really trust goalies. Look at your third tier, your fourth tier. You know, your guys like, again, Demko for Vancouver. Guy's a good goalie, all right? They went out and got a lot of defense on that team this year. They didn't have a whole lot of help last year. Jacob Markstrom, Markstrom plays for Calgary. He ended up having a big contract, came from Vancouver, but he had an off year last year. Again, they try to make some improvements. He's not going to be as bad as he was last year. This is a good goalie. He's been proven. So uh, another guy I want to talk about, um, you know, you got Skinner for Edmonton. They're going to score a ton of points. Reason being for, for Skinner, they're going to win close to 50 games, but he's not that good of a goalie. But look at who he has in front of him as the forwards. All right. So you have to kind of tier those goalies and actually say, am, am I fine just letting the second and the third and the fourth tiers go on and then start drafting goalies and get two of them in the fifth tier? I would do that. They're no different than, again, they're no different than RB2 in football where they can't be trusted. They cannot be trusted. They're going to get banged up at one point or another. So you can always end up picking up a good goalie on the waiver wire. Another thing I'll say is during the draft, that kind of breeds into that zero goalie approach. So uh, you've all heard it. Again, I'll continue to actually say within fantasy football because that's what the majority of people actually know. But I'm like, I'm going zero RBs. Okay, no different. We're going zero goalie. It doesn't mean you're not going to draft a goalie. You're just going to wait. You're going to wait forever. All right. So I would say this year, uh, this year, you got guys again, uh, you know, Philip Gustafson uh, for uh, um, Minnesota, you know, Jonas Corposalo, you know, Darcy Kemper for Washington, the Bob over in Florida. You have guys you can wait on that are proven and they have good forwards and defense in front of them. They're going to, they're going to win a lot of games. And they are not high up on the board. You can wait on goalie if you'd like to. Yeah, I always make sure the biggest thing when it comes to goalies for me and fancy hockey is look at your scoring. Look how they're scoring goalies because that makes a huge difference. If you're if you're look at your fancy scoring and goalies, all their points are coming from wins. You better get a guy on a good team. If it's basically coming down to, to wins and goals against, get a guy on a good team. Now, if you're in a league like ours, which we've made the adjustments, we give a lot of points for saves. We want it, we, we're saying, hey, if a guy has 40 saves and gets a loss and another guy has 15 saves and gets the win, it should be more of an equal scoring for us because the guy that had 40 saves played his, played out of his mind. So, But look at that because if you're in a league that does give zero points towards saves and then it's like it's literally goals against and, sco- and wins – then make sure you get at least one goalie on a good team. Yeah, it, I, I would. It, I'd say that for sure. 
Yeah, JT. Uh, uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. If you got a goalie that ends up saying they save thirty six shots on thirty eight or, or thirty six uh, saves on thirty eight uh, shots on goal, only give up two goals to get the loss, they should be scoring positive points. Period. Yeah. All right, <laughs> that's a good game. You're you're at a nine twenty five to nine thirty save percentage, maybe even a little bit higher. I, I actually don't have the calculator in front of me, <laughs> but you actually have a good defense. Let's say. You'll say Freddie Anderson, for example. Let's say Carolina. Carolina only gives up maybe on average 25, 26, 27 shots a game. Their goalie can end up having 23 for 26 or 27, give up four shots, get the win all the time because they're so good. But the other goalie outplays them all the time, right? So, again, um, uh, fantasy managers out there that are actually league managers, think about that when you're actually setting up goalie scoring. <laughs> Don't make them obsolete Absolutely. because as soon as you end up obsolete, nobody's going to want to play them. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to ask for you to get rid of them unless, in, until you actually adjust the scoring. Yeah, and if you're not a commissioner of a league, bring that up to your commissioner. Go out there and say, hey, let's do something with the scoring system to make these goalies worth more. Let's knock down wins from five points for a win, negative five for a loss. Maybe it's you know negative two for a loss, three or four for a win, but then give you know, a decent amount of points. You know, I, I can't remember what's our save. What's our save points? Is it uh, point two. one per se? Point two. Point, point two, two per save. They go, go in there and say, hey, bring that up to your commissioner. Maybe that's something they've never thought about. Say, hey, maybe let's make it point two per save and let's make wins worth three and losses versus minus one. And then that's you a, got a guy yeah. who instead of him getting 41 saves out of 43 shot attempts and losing – two to one and he ends up scoring you negative five points, he can actually score you positive. So that's something to think about. That's, that's a big change. Me and you have really harped on the last couple of years for fancy hockey, really making that scoring change for goalies where it's not a hundred percent reliant on wins. Yeah. You, you do the point two. Point two doesn't seem like a lot, right? So you got, let's say you have 35 saves, right? <laughs> or even 30 saves. You're looking at 1.5 points. But if you think about it, they only give up three goals. All right, so 1.5 points there for your, your saves at that point, and you give up two goals, you're already at negative five, right? So you really got to be pretty cognizant of exactly, again, making sure they have some positive scoring. And that, does that happen where some goalies score negative? Yeah, <laughs> it happens. You know, when they get yanked in the first period after, you know, seven or eight minutes, they've actually seen nine shots they've given up five goals and they get yanked and it's just one of those deals. You're not going to avoid that. That's fine. And they should get penalized for that. Um, but um, yeah, just, just be aware of the goalie scoring. It's again, if you take away from take any way, anything away from this podcast today, it's a very volatile position. Yeah. Something I love is we keep, we're going to constantly bring up fancy football. Like you said, because me and you play a ton of fancy football leagues. We're commissioners, of fancy football leagues. We like to compare it to hockey because we think the more you can compare it, the more you bring people over to hockey. Uh, stacking and fantasy football. I'm a huge fan of the stack. I love the stack QB wide receiver stack QB tight end stack. Now I've heard a lot of people in, in hockey. They're like, I don't want two guys on the same team. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't – it's like, you know, they both can't score. Kind of what is the advantage of stacking players in hockey and kind of look at what are some of the misconceptions about having guys on the same team in hockey? Yeah, it's a long season. So uh, hockey will be a lot longer of a season than fantasy football. Fantasy football on average usually like 12, 13, 14 weeks. 
usually 13. In hockey, you're usually looking at somewhere between 19, 20, 21 weeks. So I'd say you may end up having those weeks where um, you have players on the same team and they may not be playing, but let's say (laughs) two days a week or whatever. But overall for the entire season, that's going to pay off. Uh, And again, you target those teams that put the puck in the net consistently every single year. So we're talking about what are the best stacks in the league, right? So we'll McDavid, right? But let's talk about realistic stacks. You're not going to get McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same team. It's not going to happen, right? But you can get McDavid and Hyman. You can end up getting McDavid and Bouchard, who's their their, 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 uh, power play quarterback at defense. You get Thompson and Skinner. Guys were writing off Skinner at Buffalo like two years ago. He was practically dead. And main reason is because of his $9 million contract, right? But he can still score. And they normally actually want Tage Thompson and they want Tuck or they want Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. But you can get Skinner cheap. Try to stack those type of guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down. I'm gonna, I got a couple I want to talk about, all right? So uh, uh, Robertson and Hentz over at Dallas. Man, those guys are awesome. Uh, they, <laughs> with, with them and Pavelski on that first line and the top power play, they're gold. They're absolute gold. That's a hard stack to get, all right? But I'll tell you a stack that you can actually get this year. And maybe I shouldn't be telling you this, JT, but you got Matthew Chuck on your team. All right. You got Matthew Kachuk on your team in, in, in the home league. Barkov, the center, he's falling. He's going 60 to 70 overall. And I don't know why. Main reason why is because his shooting percentage was actually down. But again, I'll stress Barkov's a center. He touches the puck. He's going to actually get points. And if you look at Barkov over his many years in the league, he, he's not going to end up shooting the percentage he was shooting at last year. All right. He's going to be three or four percentages above that, which is going to take his goals from, I think he ended up having somewhere in the low thirties and he's going to be the high thirties next year. That's a great stack. Great stack. Um, Jack Hughes, your guy, another one you actually have in our league, Jesper Bratz on the rise. He's 25 years old. He's now actually being pretty much given the keys and saying, Hey, you know what? You're, you are also going to be on that first power play with, with Jack Hughes. He really had his comp party last year. Um, that's a great stack. Um, I'll, I'll mention a couple others without actually going into depth, but Crosby, Gensel, and Pittsburgh, of course, Kucherov and Point and, um, and, and Tampa Bay. You can't, you could get Kucherov and Stamkos as well. If you went first and second round, Matthews, Nylander, that's your first round with Matthews and your third round with Nylander and then Pedersen and Kuzmenko over and, and, uh, Vancouver. And that's an interesting one. Um, they were a dumpster fire last year. Vancouver will be better this year. Uh, there's no way. They got way too much firepower in that team, way too much offense. And again, they got Thatcher Demko to keep them in games. He's not a bad goalie. Uh, but uh, uh, Pedersen is a guy you can probably get in the second to maybe the early third, probably the second. And Kuzmenko, I mean, there's a guy in our league actually keeping Kuzmenko in the 20th round. But he's probably a guy that's going to go eighth ninth round. He scored 39 goals as a 27 year old guy from Russia mm-hmm. last year. So there are stacks that you can actually use to your advantage. Now you get the playoffs. Again, you can't be in love with these stacks. You got to be ready to pivot, right? So um, you may end up using a lot of these guys until the end of the season or to the trade deadline. And you may end up getting rid of one of them because again, you're going to make the push for the long run. You want to get that schedule advantage right when we end up coming to the playoffs so those are some of the stacks i like and i'm really really big into stacking players 
Yeah, I think that's some great because uh, some stacking in hockey is a little bit different than it is in football. So I think those are some great stacks and some great ideas. I love the Barkov idea. Now I'm going to have to be waiting to see if I can get him in our league. <laughs> nah. uh, you, you gave me a great thought. There's no way he gets to me. He's going to take him before I get him. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about some value picks. Are there are a few guys out there you feel are kind of sneaky value heading in this year. Some guys that like, you know, maybe – you would take a little bit higher than their rank so people can kind of write them down, put them on their list as far as when they're going into their drafts. Yeah. So, uh, Carver Hagee for Florida, um, he is, I'd say third fiddle right in Florida behind uh, Barkov and Matthew Kachuk, but most players or most managers, two guys for Hagee's a young guy. He, I think he scored 39 or 40 goals. Uh, he's real, real young. He's only going to get better. Um, they are going to lean on him a lot more this year. Um, he, he's got great value. You can get him probably beyond pick 50, right? So pick 50, think about that. 50 players ahead of him. He's going to score 40 goals. This is a scoring league now. Uh, Travis Konechny over in, in Philadelphia, they don't have anybody else, right? I mean, uh, uh, Philadelphia is actually rebuilding. They got Torts as their coach. <laughs> Everybody hates him. But nevertheless, he must like Konechny because he ended up getting a lot of time on ice last year. And Konechny ended up having his best—he ended up having his best season. He's young. I—I I don't know how old he is. I want to say he's 23, 24, 25 years old. But nevertheless, Konechny is another guy you can probably get at pick 75. Uh, Nico Heischer is a guy that everybody should be targeting in their dress. He is going to be the center, the second center in New Jersey, but he'll be top player power play he'll move over to the wing uh, on the top power play to make room for jack hughes but again you got timo meyer you got jack hughes he's yours that third fiddle guy i mean again i target a lot of those players in draft thinking all right i'm not going to reach for the top two guys i'm going to get the third guy and the third guy can probably almost score as many goals as them all right and goals are worth four in most formats or four and a half whatever but he also gets assists as well again center he's a center they drive play. Um, I mentioned a couple more. A couple more guys I really, really like as, as form. Uh, you, you got Bo Horvat. Um, he is the center uh, for the Islanders. Actually moved over from Vancouver last year. Um, they don't have anybody else. All right. The Islanders they traditionally don't score. Somebody's got actually got to score for that team. And Horvat is actually, he's proven at, at Vancouver. He can do it. Um, so a couple other guys I won't go into detail about, but you got Zach Hyman. Again, we mentioned for Edmonton, he's playing McDavid. Should I say any more, right? That's all you need exactly. to know. He plays with McDavid. He'll be on the same line as McDavid likely, and he will definitely be on power play one. Um, you got Justin Tuck who actually ends up playing for Buffalo. You're playing with Tage Thompson. You're playing with Dylan cousins. You're playing with Jeff Skinner. Tuck is that guy that's kind of forgotten. He'll also give you some hits. He'll get you some blocks, right? So for bangers, He's awesome. Jared McCann for Seattle is a great sneaky pick. And the reason being is everybody thinks Seattle is just this defensive team. And they really are. Think about it. They did almost what Vegas did a couple years ago when they became an expansion team. Seattle, they, they were great for a, for an expansion team, a second-year team, right? They, they were awesome. McCann scored almost 40 goals for them last year quietly. So McCann can be had probably beyond 75. You can probably get McCann somewhere in ninth or 10th round if you're actually doing a 10-team format. Um, and then you got guys like Lawson Krause for Arizona. He bangs. He actually he, he hits quite a bit. He can also put the puck in the back of the net. Nobody even thinks about them because Arizona, most times or not, it's a hop dumpster fire. All right? So nobody's touching them. 
Um, Brandon Hagel, he literally plays like fourth or fifth fiddle on Tampa Bay. You got Kucherov, you got Stamkos, you got Hedman, you got Sergachev. Um, but then you have Hagel, who happens to get first line deployment. They just signed into an eight year contract, over $8 million a season. They believe, or maybe it's seven or eight, somewhere around there. They believe in the guy. He's going to get deployment. He's going to get power play one as well. And I guarantee you, you can wait until the ninth, 10th, 11th round, and he'll get you over 100 hits a year. So think about guys like that. Those are just to name a couple, but there is great value in these drafts at 50 to 100, where you can really, really wait on some players that are actually, again, have great deployment. Yeah, coming up to the kind of closing out the the podcast here, giving us our last couple takes here. Redraft League and in Dynasty League where you get to keep guys or a keeper league, excuse me, where you get to keep guys in the round you drafted them in. What are some of the young guys, either rookies or guys that people maybe aren't on their radar? Give me some guys that should be on your radar to draft late as a possible keeper or a guy that if you want to take a shot on in in a redraft league might be a guy that hits for you. Yeah, so I would say that we can't go this podcast without talking about young players. we got to mention Connor Bedard. All right, so Bedard is – and again, not my words. This is everybody else's words. That he is one of four players that have been called a generational talent in the past 25 or 20 years. All right. So you got Crosby, Hall of Famer, one of the best centers who ever played a game, you know, multiple cups. McDavid, probably the best player we've ever seen, right? That has never won a cup. I mean, it's ridiculous what he can do. We call him McJesus. And you got Austin Matthews as well. Uh, at Matthews' first game as a pro, he scored four goals. All right. <laughs> I mean, so, and, and he scored 60 goals. He's been in the league maybe five, six years, whatever. Bedard has been mentioned with them as a can't miss. Um, watched him in the uh, prospect showcase game the other day. His shot angles are ridiculous. Um, he scores, he, he can put the, he can put the, the, the puck wherever he wants on the net. He has probably one of the best shots already right now, maybe the best shot in the entire NHL, and that's no exaggeration. So don't think you're, especially in keeper leagues, right, and in dynasty leagues, you are not reaching for Connor Bedard. You're actually investing in your future is what you're doing. Um, So Bedard is a, I mean, anyway, I could sit here and talk about Bedard all day. Plus, he's a hawk. He, so I'm Jack. Yeah, I mean, he, come on. So, yeah, if he's in a keeper or a dynasty league, you got to go out and get him. I mean, he's the guy that's going to be on your roster for a long time. Uh, just how high would you draft Bedard if you were like, obviously, redraft with no keeper is a different story. But if you're in a keeper league, how high do you think he's going to go? I mean, we haven't um, seen a ton of data yet because, you know, leagues are just starting out, especially keeper leagues and redraft leagues. Kind of where do you think he's going to go? Yeah. So, it depends on how you value him and how you actually project him, right? So if you project him like Connor McDavid, he goes first round. There's no doubt about that, right? I mean, just use common sense of logic there. He's going to go first round because McDavid's putting up 60 goals, 90 assists, 150 points. I mean, it's just, he's a machine. This guy has the ability to potentially do that. And we never say that about anybody, no prospects. And he's not a prospect. He's a prospect 
but he'll be on one C this year for Chicago. And again, Chicago's bad, but by design, they're actually bad. But it will not shock me at all if it ends up being he'll be a runaway without without actually getting injured. He'll be a runaway for the Calder. That that that's there's there's no doubt about that. And he'll end up scoring 80 to 90 points this year and maybe more. Um, because he just has he has that knack for for scoring, for setting up his teammates as well. He's awesome. Um, so but I would say um, if you are doing a redraft league, hey, you know, fourth round, down, 30th, 40th, 50th overall, somewhere around there. That's probably where, you know, if you're drafting him 10th, 15th overall in a redraft league, eh, you're you're taking a risk. You are. You, you never know with a young player. But if it's a dynasty league or a keeper league, I mean, you got to treat him like he's McDavid. There, there's, you have to. Who's who's the one or two more? Yeah, so uh, Clayton Keller's forgotten in Arizona. Uh, he's only 24 years old. Um, centers the top line, top power play. I think last year he had somewhere in the neighborhood of close to high 30s in goals, close to 50 assists. I think he had somewhere around 80, 85 points last year. That team was awful. Their ownership's really, really bad. They're trying to actually get the new arena. Um, they don't really have that leadership they actually need, but yet Keller produced. I mean, think about it. He produced there. He's only 24. I would imagine he's got to get a whole lot better. Uh, he does not hit. He does not block a whole lot. Um, but again, um, you can get him later. You can, Keller will end up probably going sixth, seventh round in 10-team formats. He'll probably go around pick 60 or 70 somewhere. That's great value for a guy like Keller. Um, who knows? He could go 40. I don't know. But uh, he is a value pick. And the last guy I, I'd mention here that I really want to talk about, um, Dylan Cousins. <laughs> Dylan Cousins, I believe, was the seventh overall pick in a 2019 draft. Um, he, this is last year was his second full year in the league. He had over 30 goals, over 30 assists. And I'm telling you, man, Buffalo is loaded for offense. They have so much talent. <laughs> You're talking about even, even, um, uh, Rasmus Dahlin. He's going to end up having 15 goals, probably somewhere around 60 assists, 75 points for a defenseman. And they got Tate Thompson. They got Skinner. They got Tuck. They're young. They're hungry. They're loaded. Uh, goalie is a little bit of an issue or whatnot, but. Cousins is a guy where you can get past pick 100 and past pick 100 for a guy that has that type of outside. He ended up being his 22 year old season coming up. You can't miss with him. Uh, that's definitely somebody you need to be targeting in your drafts. Yeah. As we kind of close things out here for everybody out there, kind of like searching, hopefully they come back here. Listen to the stew with JT brew with me and you uh, for toast takes. But what are some of the websites that you utilize, some of the podcasts you listen to that kind of help you uh, shape what you're going to do and give you great information for the upcoming season? Yeah, I put a, a couple, couple plugs here for some some websites and podcasts that I actually highly believe in. Uh, Left Wing Lock is awesome. It's great for line combos. So uh, they, they'll give you daily line combos and uh, you can determine, again, Who's playing with McDavid? Who's end up playing with Sid Crosby? Um, do they end up having an injury? And who's going to move up? Left Wing Walk's great for that. Uh, Cat Friendly is the best website by far, and it doesn't even compare to anything when you're actually um, playing in a salary cap league. All right, so you and I, JT, right? We have, we have our house divided team. Cat Friendly is pretty much the site that I'm glued to. It even is great uh, where you have these younger players signing what I call bridge deals. And they'll mm -hmm. tell you, and it's so easy to read whether or not you're going to end up having a guy who is an RFA or a UFA at the end of that bridge deal. Uh, RFAs mean again, <laughs> that 
those are guys you have an option to maybe drop if you don't like the deal they actually sign in real life. So nevertheless, cat, cat friendly is great. Uh, hockey reference, I, I won't go into detail about this, but it, again, it's no difference in baseball reference, football, you know, pro football reference, whatever. You're going to see those stats from year to year. You can look at a player's career. Um, daily face-off, in, in my opinion, this is the best site to determine early in the day because again, as you're streaming those positions and as you're using your four to five moves a week, the best position to stream and most formats, again, depends on your format is goalies. So you want to know mm-hmm. when's, who's starting, who's starting tonight. Well, a lot of times you can actually get a good feel like, Hey, like this is a tandem starting uh, a goalie uh, situation here in a certain team. They go 50, 50. The guy started the one night. He didn't do so well. Odds are the other guy is actually going, but if you don't know, dailyfaceoff.com is awesome for that. They'll tell you earliest in the day who's going to start, and you can actually go ahead and get, get on them and, and, and beat everybody else in, in the uh, league to the punch. Uh, Dabber Hockey. Um, <laughs> They're the Kings. It, They're the Kings. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, your, it's your article site. So I always joke like, oh, back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s, oh, yeah, my, you know, your parents like, I, I have Playboy magazine and I, I use it for the articles, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, article, it's great for articles. It's, it's article write-ups. Uh, you got hockey writers actually writing articles that, are, that you actually read. But really, Robert is they bring out monthly rankings for keeper leagues, for roto leagues, uh, for dynasty leagues, for redraft leagues by position, and even – even your um, prospect um, top 50s and hundreds or whatever. So when I'm actually getting into a draft that I don't know a whole lot about, especially as we get real, real deep into dynasty drafts, I rely on Dauber quite a bit. Um, the podcasts that are great, that are historically awesome from year to year, Keeping Carlson, um, they're, they're amazing. I'm in their uh, fantasy league as well. Um, Stream Scheme, who's also, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sub podcast off Keeping Carlson as well about streaming certain players based on their schedule as well. And uh, again, Dauber prospects. So um, uh, those are just the name of couple, but if you're new to fantasy hockey, you know, get plugged into some of those sites. Uh, they, they will definitely help you be competitive in your leagues. Yeah. Toast, let everybody know where they can find you uh, on the socials. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm only on social media at Twitter or now what we call X, you know, so um, it's at Toast Clark. Yep, hit him up with anything. You can find me at JT Orange, uh, all that stuff. We'll bring this uh, podcast to you uh, every couple weeks. Uh, super pumped about the first show. We got one out of the way here. Uh, usually, you can find me on the stew with JT Brew throughout the week doing fantasy football, also doing fantasy uh college football gambling and pro football gambling. So check me out on those, but it was great to have you on for this edition, a special edition hockey fantasy on the stew. Uh, really appreciate it. Toast. Yeah. Hey, and JT, uh, real quick too, I'll put a plug in here. We're going to have to do a little bit of gambling uh, discussion on here as well at some point for hockey. Yeah. We'll bring some up throughout the season. Appreciate everybody coming out, uh, checking us out. Make sure if you want to follow the stew with JT brew, get on Spotify, all those, look us up, like, follow us. You'll know when stuff's coming your way. If you did get a chance to watch this, uh, jump on Spotify or wherever you watch podcasts will be downloaded uh, shortly. And you can listen to this and tell all your friends. We appreciate it. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit. See you next time. The stew we're out. (laughs) 
Uh, you up on trades and wire moves, you ain't designed to lose Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points Makes the game a little more fun to watch, can drop release We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery up